We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The Bucks won a f***ing NBA championship. Yeah! What? What? He tries to take a pulse, baby. Watching that basketball game, like, caused health problems for me. Boogie hates racism and Chris Paul. And who cannot get on board with that platform? If I've learned a lot, this, I, I'm not going to say it. That sounds too bad. That was good. Roll on. No, 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 no. The Bucks do win it all. Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the Eurostep, a Milwaukee Bucks podcast, proudly a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network and the Eurostep Podcast Network. I am one of your hosts, Ty Windish. I am joined as always by the elated Rohan Kadi. Rohan, how's it going? Uh, elated is a good term to use. I'm elated to do this podcast. It's weird. I missed the last one where it was you, Adam, and Jordan, and I was just listening to that, and I'm like, this feels weird. I try not to miss podcasts, and it's just, it's a weird experience, but I get to be a listener, which is always good. <laughs> but uh, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to talk about uh, some playoff rotations, a little bit of Brooke on the, the oh, yeah. front end of this. But before that, make sure you are subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube. Make sure you subscribe to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. If you leave a five-star rating on your podcast platform of choice, send it to us and we'll read it out. We'll have one read at the end of this episode. Ty, let's get into it. Let's do it. One last note. Make sure you follow the steps to get into the Discord. Catch our next playback room. Oh, We've got yes. two on the schedule for the next two weeks. Tuesday, March 22nd against the Bulls and Thursday, March 31 against the Nets. You can watch those games Watch our Manning cast style broadcast of them. Plus, you'll be in a chat with a bunch of Bucks fans. So it's a lot of fun. People really enjoy those. So make sure you submit your review on Apple or Spotify or your Substack subscription. Get into that Discord. All right, let's do it. Before, we're going to talk about what we think the Bucks playoff rotation is going to look like. This is a complicated question because the Bucks have a lot of good players this season. But let's start with, we need to give you a chance here. Brooke Lopez is back, as you mentioned. You haven't been on a pod since he's played. He's played two games, and he looks like Brooke, but I, I don't want to even say anything else. I don't want to take away. This is your Brooke Lopez moment. We got ours on the last pod. What are your Lopez thoughts to, through two games of the return? I think you said it fairly well already. He looks like Brooke Lopez. Again, his game is not one that's really predicated on athleticism. So if he goes out there and he looks slow and it's like, 
Oh, I don't know if his bounce is back. We don't have to worry about that. It's Brooke Lopez. Who are you kidding? At this point, it's more about his situational awareness. It's about his basketball intelligence and obviously his skills as a player. Uh, if we want to tackle the offensive end at first, it's that's the one that is a little bit like there's some rust there on the offensive end. He's spaced out a little more than he had been last season. He's taken a lot of threes. Uh, like against the Kings, for instance, uh, three of his four shot attempts were from distance. So you don't really like to see him spaced out that much. But if he's making them, which I mean, he had one of three. That's a, yeah, it's all right. Um, but if he's making them, it's not a big deal. But obviously, he's more skilled inside. We've known we've come to know that over the past two seasons. So that's something that could use a little bit of work, sort of integrating him back into this offense uh, on the defensive end. I think he looks good. The drop defense is back. And the first time uh, we saw a drop, we were in a playback and I was like, I was going nuts. It made me so happy to just see a base <laughs> drop. I never thought I would say those words before. Isn't it funny? But it's so funny. You just like see a base drop of Brooke Lopez and you're like, oh my God, I feel like I'm receiving a warm hug right now. It just feel, you feel so safe because yeah. it was against the Utah Jazz. You see uh, Brooke Lopez cut off a Donovan Mitchell drive, allowed the uh, guard de- defender to recover. I think it was Drew at the time. And then he also is able to cut off Rudy Gobert at the rim. It's just, it's perfect situational awareness, perfect basketball intelligence. The timings are coming and going. They're more often than not, he's on, but uh, it just, it looks great. It's so great to have him back. I think the one thing on defense is he's going to have to stop giving warm hugs to defenders. He's picked up, I think, four fouls in both games. In like 15 minutes a game. So that, that's something to be cleaned up. I thought he fouled a ton against Utah. I honestly thought against Sacramento, maybe one or two of those was like a no-doubt foul. The other I thought were pretty ticky-tacky. So hopefully Brooke can get just a better whistle and get more used to, I think, just playing again. I think he's just knocking off rust. But I, I agree, obviously. I mean, I think Brooke looks like Brooke. And the, the biggest thing outside of the fouling is going to be seeing how much he's utilized within the arc um, by the playoffs. You know, I think it makes sense to just start him out with a simple spacing role early as he kind of gets used to and some of the new guys get used to Brooke. But I certainly don't want that to be 80% of his touches in the playoffs, right? So I'd like to see him doing some more work in and around the post, rolling. Um, we just know how much of a threat he is with the ball around the rim. Uh, but I, I think that'll come. You know, I don't think that stuff is gone. I just think... We're not there yet in the ramp up process. Yeah, it'll take time. There's 12 games remaining in the regular season. So that's, it's a decent chunk of time uh, before the postseason starts. And uh, it's not like they have an easy opponent in round one, as we'll probably get into later. Who knows at this point? But it doesn't look like it's going to be a potentially like cakewalk of a first round like it has been in years past. Uh, so, these 12 games are going to be really important for Brooke Lopez, whether he gets a starting job back immediately. Do you, here, here's a question. Yeah. Do you think, do you think he gets it back next game? I don't know when they're going to do it. I think he gets it back, you know, well before playoffs. Well, there's only 12 games, you know, in the next couple of games, I don't know if it'll be next game or not. Like, I think really, you know, and I know Adam McGee on the last pod didn't really like agree with the reasoning of, of not wanting to start him while he's still getting his, his minutes back, his, you know, his ability to play more. Um, but I, I would think as soon as he's able to play like comfortably 20 minutes, why not start him at that point? I, I feel like that is going to be the Bucks' end game, but maybe it's not. I, I still personally think that he's going to be a starter sooner rather than later. I, I think the, the team just makes more sense 
like that. Um, but it is a little interesting that he's come off the bench for both of the games so far. Yeah, it is. We've seen this earlier in the season, like you guys talked about on the last episode uh, with uh, Drew Holiday. Uh, in his return, he came off the bench to start. And then, like, I believe it was three games he came off the bench. And then he uh, came back to the starting lineup. So uh, the next game is Saturday against the Wolves. Let's see if he starts that. Otherwise, it's uh, the 22nd against the Bulls. So, there's, like you said, there's not a lot of time. I don't actually, you know what? I'm going to say he does start. I'm going to say he Ooh. does start on Saturday. I hope so. I mean, it's he's really getting like a gauntlet of bigs to cover. Um, Sabonis, his second game back, Gobert the first game, and now Carl Towns if he starts on uh, on Saturday. And but Either way, he'll play against Towns. Um, but maybe that's good just to kind of hit the ground running. I hope he does, and I still think that's going to be the plan. But I think this is kind of a good segue into – because we're talking about rotations to an extent – Let's talk about the playoff rotation. So I think in addition to seeing how Brooke looks and if he gets the starting job back over these next 12 games, there are some important decisions that Bud is going to have to make about not even like where or how much somebody plays or just who doesn't play. Because right now you look at the Bucks roster and I think let's start. I think we can actually start from the bottom up, right? Because the top is a little boring. We know Chris, Drew, and Giannis are going to play a bunch. It's Who cares? So I think we can rule out, and stop me if you disagree, I think we can rule out five players from the jump. Like we're not going to worry about allotting the minutes. They are not going to play consistent minutes. Jordan Wara, Thanasis Atetokounmpo, DeAndre. I'm stopping you. Oh, yeah. Okay, we, we can <laughs> slot in one minute per game for Thanasis, or 15 seconds or whatever. Um, DeAndre Bembry, unfortunately. Uh, and then the two-way guys, Sandro Mamukelashvili and Lindell Wigginton. Uh, I assume none of these guys you think are going to play a, a major role in the playoffs. No. There's also an open roster spot that could become Tyreek Evans. He's slated to make his Herd debut soon. He's with the Herd now officially. I would, if they signed him tomorrow, I would include him here too. Um, because, you know, coming in this late, I, I don't think there's any reason to expect a Tyreek Evans would play playoff minutes because that leaves if you're counting along at home uh 11 players who we could see having some sort of minutes which is too many already i mean the bucks went down to six at points in the last postseason i put up a poll on twitter asking people how many they think should play in any given playoff game and the options were uh seven to ten or no, excuse me, seven or less, eight, nine, ten or more. And so far, 84% of responders have said either eight or nine. So if there's 11 playable guys, that means the vast majority of people think that two or three players of this group should not play any given night. So I think this is going to be interesting to talk about just the fringes here. Um, what are your thoughts? And, and first off, is there anyone in that 11 that you would slide down to the, I don't expect to play group? No, no, I think that's uh, I think it's a pretty clear deviation line yeah. <laughs> between the two groups on the roster. Uh, do you want to do this by uh position? Yeah, I think that's a good way to do it, but I think the position group, yeah. Guard wing big, right? Yeah. I do trying to do it by the five traditional positions is so messy because it's like it's impossible Giannis plays 20 minutes at center it doesn't make any sense 24 minutes at yeah it's it's ridiculous especially with this roster so I'll let you choose where do you want to start I personally guard guard 
How many guards? I have four guards. So let's make sure we're designating them the same. Here's how I split it up. Drew, Grayson, Javon Carter, George Hill are guards. Then Chris Middleton, Pat Condon, and Wes Wes Matthews are wings. And then Giannis, Brooke, Bobby, Serge are bigs. Do you agree with that? Yes, but I'm going to cheat a little, but we'll get into it. Yeah, I think there's I think Giannis and Wes and maybe Pat could slide up and down there. But okay, guards. So Drew Holiday. Do you want to do minutes, exact minutes, or just like, you know, plays a lot, plays sometimes, plays a little? Well, let's not do exact. Let's give ballpark. So last postseason, Drew Holiday averaged 39.6 minutes per game. Yeah. That's a lot. And I stop me if you think I'm wrong. He's going to be playing a similar amount of minutes. I agree. Yeah, I so in I did like a very very quick like sketch of minutes ideas. I just threw him for 40. But I think like in a closeout game, it's more. You know, in some earlier games, it's probably a little less, and then it averages out to 40, just like it did last playoffs. Yeah, 40 is good. He's arguably been the second best player on this team. Yeah. So then, for quick context. That leaves, what is that, like 56 guard minutes? Yes. Total per per game. Um, if Drew plays 40 and 48 times 2 is 96. So that basically takes up nearly half of the guard minutes right there. And we have three more players to get to. Yeah. So obviously, as of right now, Grayson Allen is the starter, has been the starter, and will pro- like he's going to remain the starter. Like this, I just, think. That's, going, that's what's going to happen. I like, think. You think? I think. I'm not 100% sure, but I'm like 80% sure. I'll go 93. That's probably fair. I would be pretty surprised. If the, I would be surprised, but I don't think it's impossible. Yeah, it's pro- It's not impossible, but very, very unprobable. It wouldn't we'll be It wouldn't be in, unless like – it wouldn't just be at the start of the playoffs. It would be like, okay, there's an issue. We need to switch it. And I'm not talking injuries. That's different. Yeah, it's like you're going through the series and it's just like, oh, yeah, this is becoming untenable. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to have to make a switch. Yeah. Otherwise, I don't really see it happening. Even if there are some issues, I still think he's going to be a starter. Agreed. Uh, and I think it's, it's a good role for him. I think it's a good role for him. Uh, but, yeah, Grayson Allen, I would slot him in. If I'm comparing this postseason, the last postseason is just like the archetype, I would slot him in. At a round, probably somewhere between Dante and Bryn Forbes, pre-injury Dante, of course. So Dante was playing around 23 minutes a game. Bryn Forbes played around 14 minutes per game. I'd say maybe around 20. My God, I put 20. Yeah, I put 20 as well. I just, I, I think he will start. I don't think he will close any playoff games unless he's on like a crazy heater. Um, and I just think or, that... Or, it's they go matchup dependent and say like, oh yeah, we're just going to try and outscore you. I just, I don't personally see them ever doing that. I don't think that's how they like to close games. Adam mentioned it on the last pod and it was because uh, he was in relation to like a, maybe a Miami series, for instance. Uh, If you want to go like try and slug it out, be physical. Okay. The Bucks did not have the option to have lineups last postseason where they were just purely going to be outscoring teams. Now they do, because uh, when Dante got hurt, they really lost that option. Bryn Forbes, for all like the the troubles, we'll say that Grayson has had on the defensive end, it's not nearly as bad as Bryn Forbes <laughs> ever was. Uh, and Bryn Forbes is obviously just a much lesser player than Grayson Allen. So I think you have 
you have the versatility to have like offense heavy lineups. So I'm saying like, there's a chance they could go there. Do I think they will? Probably not, but that option exists. It exists. I would be surprised um, personally. Do you know where Grayson Allen ranks among Bucks in minutes per fourth quarter this season? Uh, I'm going to guess ninth. No, he's tied for fifth. Tied with George yep. Hill. Bobby Portis right behind. Jordan Wara, surprisingly, uh, right behind as well. Um, that's for the season. You could narrow it down by looking at um, at different times. But I, I don't know. I just, you know, the last two games have been Utah and Sacramento. And especially against Sacramento, it did feel like they were basically just trying to outscore the Kings. At least that's that's how the game went. And it was West both games who closed. So we'll see. Uh, it's not impossible. But personally, I would be pretty surprised if the Bucks went for scoring over defense if they have a choice, especially if the defensive choice maybe has scoring, but a 20. So I think that's the, this is probably not that, you know, controversial so far. The issue is what do we do with the other two guards? And I think this is probably the number one thing that I'm going to watch for the rest of the season. It's really three guys, I think kind of competing for minutes, but person like I would kind of throw Wes in here. But part of me thinks Wes will always play. I just think Bud is riding with Wes, and now he's shooting well again over the last week, so maybe that's the right call. But Javon Carter and George Hill, this is the the tough part. I don't know if they can both play, and I really don't know who to go with if you don't see room for them both. Yeah, it's it's tough because they're not similar players whatsoever. I think this is where we get into our first matchup-dependent sort of uh, minute allocation here. Because as at times where we saw, even earlier this season when Drew Holiday was missing time, it was like they were desperate, desperate for ball handlers. Like Chris and Giannis were just being primary ball handlers. And it wasn't, it wasn't going particularly well. Uh, that's why when Drew Holiday came back, it's like, oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. This is the second coming right here. But uh, if you want a guy who's going to be able to lead an offense, it's George Hill. If you're struggling to score, you need a guy like George Hill. If you are in a matchup where the guards are absolutely going off, you need Javon Carter. And I, I think that's what it's going to have to come down to. So, you know what? You know, I so I lean Javon. I left George Hill out of my minutes allocations, um, which I don't think is going to happen, but that's the way I went with this because the way the playoff rotations work, how often do you really want George Hill handling the ball? If Drew is playing 40 minutes and Chris is playing 40 minutes and Giannis is playing 38 minutes and you always have at least two of those guys on the court, you know, I, maybe the eight non-Drew, non-Drew minutes is the one time. But, you know, I just think, like, there's less of that need for that ball handler. It's, it's not even just a – ball handler in terms of primary initiator like secondary initiator initiator tertiary initiator you want guys out there who are capable of being like who are capable players in those situations that doesn't mean they're necessarily going to be used but if you if a possession ends up with george hill with the ball in his hands having to do something rather than javon carter you'd rather have george hill in that situation i think that's what it comes down to it's not oh, yeah, we want George Hill to be a creator here. It's like if it comes down to it, George Hill is capable. Yeah, I, that's fair. I mean, I, I think – has he been that much better with the ball in his hands than Javon has been as a buck? Yes. Really? Yes. I don't know. 
Uh, Javon has not scored at the we, rim. We That's the biggest We thing. haven't seen really a lot of Javon Carter with the ball on his hand. We haven't seen that much George Hill either because he's been out for so long. But uh, Javon's got a great assist-turnover ratio, and I think if you always have two of Chris, Grayson, Drew, and Giannis, that also lessens the need. And we're going to have Bobby Portis minutes as well. I don't know. I just think I, it'll be really interesting. I, I, I see what you're saying. I don't disagree that you want that. That, that tertiary ball handler, I just don't know how important it is when the Bucks are really humming and all of the actions are going through the primaries and the guys who are in those tertiary playmaker roles just are asked less of. You know, it's either you're driving against a, a hard closeout, you're taking an open shot, you're cutting. Um, it's going to be interesting. I think really for me, I need to see Javon Carter continue to shoot well and just play well. And I believe in the defense at this point. But I really need to see him utilize the dunker and finish at the rim, whether it's drives or cuts, because I think he's still like one for nine on twos. That's obviously a problem. Um, and, you know, 12 games. That This is really the matchup. I Not matchup. The decision, I mean, when I say these next 12 games feel super important. I think Bud will lean George Hill, at least at first. He kind of has so far in the regular season. But I think Javon Carter is making a hell of a case, which I did not expect when the signing happened. Yeah. For sure. Another another point of the offense versus defense thing. If you want to target a guy on the opposing team of the defensive end, you want to have a guy that uh, you don't want to have any holes in your offensive game as well. Not saying Javon Carter is a hole on the offensive end. I'm saying you can upgrade it by putting George Hill. There. So let's say let's say Trey Young, for instance. Let's say it's a Hawk series. Trey Young is going to probably be on George Hill. Or, or George Hill or Javon Carter, one of those two, whoever is on the floor in lineups with Drew, that player, Chris, Giannis, Brooke, whatever, right? That's where Trey Young is going to be. If you want to exploit that matchup, do you want offensive actions to be led by George Hill or Javon Carter? Javon had a pretty nice pick and roll with Giannis last, last night. We, I got to see how Georgia's shooting continues to progress. It's not just about the shooting. Fight. It's not it's about just the about the shooting, but the shooting matters. Shooting matters, but also playmaking matters. Like I trust George Hill more with the ball in his hands than Javon. Yeah, and that's I, not I a slight too. to Javon. No, I, I do. I, I I do too. But it's not the only thing I'm basing the decision on. Yeah, I I know. I recognize. That. Yeah, I'm saying in this certain situation. Yeah, I probably lean George. It's just not that. I mean, I mean they, they, yeah, they, it's going to be matchup dependent. Exactly. No, I'm saying in that, in that one specific situation about who would I rather use to attack Trey Young, I would lean George Hill. I don't know how often the Bucks are actually going to do that. They weren't good at that last postseason. Um, we'll see. They did. No, that's something they exploited a lot last postseason, just like trying to find holes. Like uh, in that series, Goran Dragic, do that. That's what they did in the Heat series. Well, yeah, they did that in the Heat series. They weren't. I don't think they were very good at that against the Hawks. I felt like Trey was able to kind of fly under the radar. Well, yeah, because that's that's because uh, he was on PJ. <laughs> well, yeah, but I'm, but I just mean it's it's you know. And even PJ took advantage of that by going uh, dominating. Crash the, the boards. Offensive rebounds. Yeah. yeah, but they didn't they didn't use him in actions. Which now seeing yeah because because PJ is not a ball handler. See the thing is if like PJ is not here obviously in these lineups. Let's say it's uh, Drew Holiday. Javon slash George, Chris, Bobby, Giannis. That's different than if it's Drew, PJ, uh, Javon, or Chris, Giannis, Bobby, for instance, 
right? That's yeah. different because PJ is not a guy who's capable of creating offense. No, but it, it, he probably should have, seeing out those seasons he's having in Miami, been used as a screener. That's how you should. That's how they should have done it. Why didn't he go screen for someone? I don't know because he. We even talked about it last postseason in the sense that PJ was like, "I'm not going to do anything on the offensive end because I'm exerting exerting too much energy on the defensive end." That was net series, PJ. I think PJ could have exerted a little more offensively against the Hawks. I'm just saying, like, PJ, if PJ goes and sets a good screen for, you know, probably can't do Giannis's man because he's sagging too much, but Chris or Drew, either if it's a good screen, like you then have Trey on those guys. Like, I think that would have been worth exploring, even if PJ you know, isn't a, an offensive mastermind or anything. Um, but it, it is what it is. It worked out for the Bucks clearly. Um, but I think that could even be something too where, you know, why not Why not do the inverse pick and roll the Bucks like so much if if you have Javon out there and Trey is on him? Like Javon comes over to Giannis's guy or even Chris's guy. Like mix it up more. I, I think no matter who the personnel is, they need to be better um, to yeah, a certain extent. In that extent. situation, George Hill is bigger. So. Yeah, I mean that's fine. I just think either way, I think they should whoever it is. Like I don't think I you agree. should. I don't think the default should be, you know, whoever is being used to hide a bad defender should always like have to handle the ball. George can do exactly. it though, which exactly. is nice. Exactly. Like this, this, uh, this roster this season compared to last season is more uh, tilted or skewed towards creators versus non-creators, which is the opposite of last season. Yeah. Although I still think. I think Bud really likes the Javon Carter, Drew Holiday, Wes Matthews trio together, and they've, they've oh, had a good sure. they've sure. had a good net rating. And I think that is certainly. Well, yeah, skews. I wonder why they have a good net rating. No, how are you supposed to score on that? Exactly. Um, so this is going to be like the funkiest part is figuring out if, if Javon plays, which I maybe he just doesn't. Maybe that's at least yeah, how he's start. okay. Let's get this straight. Both of them are going to play. I don't know. Maybe I think they both will. You think they're both going to play in like every every game? Probably not every game. That's what I mean. I mean, there's going to be some game like game one. I don't know if Javon plays. I think game he one, should. I think both play. Yeah, I suppose. Well, game one of any series. Game game one and two of any series, they both play. Yeah, I think probably should just get this out of the way to just be clear. I think there's going to be a lot of early series experimentation and tinkering that determines who ultimately plays. So, yeah, it's like, that's what happens every series to be clear. So do, but I, do you think all 11 guys will play in game one of every series? I don't. Might I? I don't no, Let's, no. let's wait. It's a different position group. Let's wait until we get there. I, I think 10 play at least. I don't think 11 play, um, but I, I, okay. So we'll say Javon and George both play a bit. At least That's early fair. in every series. Fair. And then the matchup will dictate which one gets the minute allocation going forward. Yeah. And maybe just so how both are playing. Yeah. The, the To sum up this conversation, they're both on equal footing. <laughs> yeah. Which is wild to think about. Now props to Javon. I mean, it's obviously the, the injury is devastating. We're hoping for the best. But, you know, I don't think that would have applied to DeAndre Bembry. Like, and we'll move to the wing rotation right now. That's all the guards. Uh, I think they miss him for sure, but assuming Pat gets back healthy, I just don't think there was really going to be minutes. Who knows? Maybe if he had the chance to play more, he could have earned it. But you know, prior to the injury, I think Javon had played his way into potentially more of a role. Bembry seemed to still be getting his footing as a buck. That's fair. I think that's fair to say. So are we are we done with guards? 
Yeah, I think so. I mean, I so I had 14 for Javon and none for George Hill and that fit for the rest of my allocation. But we can just say like seven-ish for each for now. And then it changes as the series goes forward. Yeah, that's fair. You know, a, a, sl- a smaller role. If, if we assume they both play, that neither of them will probably play a whole lot um, if everyone else is healthy. Okay, so again, we, it's easy to start off here. Chris Middleton, 40 minutes. Um, and probably that's a, more, honestly. I think he did average around 40 uh, yeah, overall. Uh, 40.1. Yeah. Um, but He lead, led the team in minutes per game in the postseason. Yeah, he did. Yeah, because Giannis got hurt and foul trouble. I, I was surprised Drew was lower. Did Drew Drew never got hurt Drew in the playoffs? Was two. Yeah, he was right there. Um, but I mean, was, they're both they're both very very close. Drew was thirty nine point six. Chris is forty point one. Okay, so half a minute. Okay. Um, so now, just a quick disclaimer. Um, I did the minutes thing earlier. It sort of applies to guard. You can't really say it's uh, 96, 96, 48, though, because the Bucks are going to play more big minutes than that because Giannis is going to play next to another big a lot of the time. So let's just throw out the 96 and 48 numbers and just yeah. talk about total Let's, let's just throw out the minute numbers and just do like, okay. total minute numbers. And okay. just do, well, like, I think it's kind of a good idea okay, just to okay. keep like the, the differences in mind. Just think of them as rough numbers. Yes. So Chris is going to be a lot. Yeah. <laughs> let's, bet, let's say 40 again. I think this is an interesting one to think about, though. What's Pat going to – assuming Pat looks fine and is ready by the playoffs. He's shooting. He hasn't played yet. Assuming he, – I, I think he's probably going to play in the next couple games. If he looks good, uh, if his conditioning – I think the latest update from Bud before the Kings game was that he needs one more practice-like setting. Okay. So potentially so, could play against the Wolves. If not, probably the I'd Bulls. I'd say for sure by the Bulls game. Yeah. Um, and, again, he has only been out – I mean, only compared to the Bucks' other injuries, he's only been out for you know five weeks, six weeks, um, and it was a hand. So you sh- you, his conditioning it should be less of a process. So let's assume Pat is good to go and and play his usual minutes. I think shooting hand injuries concern me though. They concern me, but I just it's not like we don't need to see like oh is he able to move around well is what I mean. That's true. Like but it's the, if the like hand the is shot, good, the shot concerns me. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, he's back to shooting again. Um, It'll it'll be interesting. In the playoffs last season, twenty three point seven. Yes, he was sixth on the team, um, behind you know the obviously the five starters. Oh wait, what'd you say? Yeah, he's at twenty three point seven. Oh, they said twenty six. Um, twenty three point seven. Yeah. What do you have him at this year? More or less than that? Probably, maybe a little less. I'd say. I- I have it pretty much. I think I put it down 25. I think it might be the same. I think it's going to be pretty similar. It has to be, right? I don't know. The interesting thing is, so Pat was so necessary and he rose to the occasion. With the personnel they have, is he as necessary this year? Yes. Is he? I don't think he's as, I think he's necessary. I don't think he's as crucial. Okay, that's fair. But I think I, West I fills think in he, a bit. I just still think he's a very, very crucial player to this team. I, I cannot wait to see how the coaching staff manages like playing all of these guys because we can't even do it and we're podcasters. I, yeah, it's, and we, we can do anything, but like what is Pat's role exactly? 
Is he just like just do it at like reliable guy who can do a little bit of Jack everything? of all trades? He's at, the Swiss Army knife of this Bucks team. I agree, and I think that's such an interesting one because do you prefer that or more of a specialist kind of option? Does it depend on the series? I think you always kind of roll with that, but you know, I mean, Pat's more likely to be picked on than Wes Matthews offensively. And Pat's no slouch defensively. <laughs> no, he's not. Um, I guess actually, honestly, he's probably still like the best offensive option coming off of the bench outside of Bobby. Yeah, he's a he's a capable uh, floor spacing threat. Again, we'll see what the shot looks like. But yeah. even like not even in just terms of hitting shots, but the type of shots he hits, that he can hit deep, deep threes. He can hit pull ups. He can hit threes off movement. That's something that Wes has struggled a lot with yeah. this season. If yeah. he's coming off a screen, you're lucky if that thing's hitting the rim. <laughs> <laughs> and I will but, say, Pat, attacking the basket has been way better this year. You can tell yes. that was a focus for him as well. So I guess, yeah, he's their, their, their perimeter player, their designated perimeter player to score coming off of the bench. So, yeah, I, I think there's probably no reason to worry about his minutes as long as he's healthy. Um, so I think 25 is is a good a good estimate somewhere around where it was last year. Or yeah, should it be should it be fair. less with more good players? No, because it depends like his position as well. Like he's a guy who can slide up to the two, like we mentioned earlier. He can also slide down to the four. Yeah, and that might honestly be his best position. <laughs> yeah, uh, from what we've seen this season, it feels like it's been so long since we've seen Pat. I know. Uh, I miss, I miss him a him. lot. Yeah, it really it's it's felt more and more as as the games have gone on. It'll be exciting to now get him back. He's just a guy who looks like he's returning from a trip to the Hamptons on the bench. <laughs> he he has good bench fits. Um, the so, mint green pants. Would you would you try mint green pants, Ty? I don't know. What's I don't know. What's the most man? bold colored pants you've ever worn? I've rocked some salmon shorts before. It'd have to be shorts, not pants. I have not gotten that bold with my pants colors. Really? Yeah. Now I feel I've like done, I need a pair. I've done red pants. Oh, how'd it go? Good. I still use them. Nice. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. 
twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, JJ breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, enough about pants. Um, so that we actually have Pat slotted for, so far, more than all minutes except for Chris and Drew. Um, between God, assuming you have less at less than him. Um, so yes. he'll, he will play the third most minutes out of quote unquote perimeter players, not bigs, uh, and maybe fourth most overall. Obviously, Giannis will have more. Um, but does that speak to us not trusting Grayson Allen? I think it does, but I think it also speaks more to Pat's value, yeah, and his versatility. Like, let's say you're not getting good production, like I mentioned earlier, at the two, you can slide up there. If you need to have lineups where you just have absolute uh, peak movement and shooting around Giannis at the five, Pat will slide down to the four. Uh, it just Again, it's going to be so heavily dependent on matchup and what the team needs. And the thing is, Pat fits any lineup. You want to go uh, play a super, super big lineup? Yeah, sure. Slide Pat Conson over at a guard spot. You want to play, like I said earlier, like a run and gun team? Yeah, Pat's, Pat's of course he's going to be in there. He fits all different lineup types. Again, maybe not the defensive one because they have better options this season. Just because they uh, have so many great defenders. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But he's definitely capable of being someone in that group. Here's a question. Um, and I don't mean to just like pick on Grayson, but if he's not really being used as a ball handler, which I think the Bucks just have not gotten that much since like the preseason, basically, he just hasn't used that many possessions there. What does he actually do better than Pat? I think he's a well. I th- he's definitely a better shooter. I think is he anymore? I think so. I Pat's think so. slightly higher percentage on half a make less per game this season. Yeah, I that's fine. You're not buying it. Gri- no, I I mean per- percentage is not the only thing that dictates. I know what a shooter is. In my opinion, I think Grayson is better cap like more capable of being integrated into an offense better than Pat. Maybe. Like he's who, more dangerous. Who would you trust more to hit a big shot? Oh Pat, 100%. Yeah. No, but, I mean we've seen Grayson do that this year though. Some it, it, in regular season. Uh, there is yeah, a difference. Yeah, we haven't we've seen Grayson seen. in I know, the playoffs. I know. I know. Uh also Pat shooting a ludicrous 64% from 2 this season. That's ridiculous. If Pat takes a two, that thing is in, man. That's that's a ridiculous number. You can't even hold that against Grayson shooting 50% from two, which is pretty damn good. But Pat's just on another level. I think they probably just keep the starters in close with Pat anyway, but it, I, I don't know. I think, I think Grayson's a more fluid ball handler. Yes. For sure. Oh, for 100%. sure. Yeah, yeah. I was writing that off just because they, they never have him do it. But Yeah, but he is capable. I just, I'm having flashbacks just thinking about that step back three over Marcus Smart to send the game to overtime. It's just yeah, like, it's, that feels like eons ago, doesn't it? 
What it was eons ago. That was pre Brook Lopez. It was <laughs> season is last broken week up. was pre Brook, <laughs> and it was a it was a worse time. It was a worse. It was time. a worse time to be alive. Um, Wes Matthews. How much is he going to play? Fifteen. I had twenty. I'm specialist only. I think fifteen is better than twenty. I think fifteen is good. Fifteen because he's going to be a guy like you said earlier. He's definitely going to be playing, and he should be playing. He's a very good defender. It's the offense that concerns me. Yeah. I still think he's going to play though. Did and you see? Did you see the stat from Stocks last night? Oh no! What was it? He has he's hit back. He's hit multiple threes in back to back games. Two threes in each game, but still, he had not hit two threes in a single game for two months. Yeah, I do January thirteenth <laughs> until March sixteenth, one or less threes every game, and then until not until the last two games, I should say. Um, uh, that's a, what we call a slump, ladies. <laughs> <laughs> that is a major, major slump. Let's do let's do closing lineups against different kind of matchups at the end. Let's just yes, do minutes. For I agree. Now. I think fifteen is good though for the same reasons you said. Specialist, the offense just isn't as reliable. And assuming Pat is back and able to play, I think he just eats up some of those minutes that like Wes is basically closing right now. I think Pat would be if he was healthy. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think it's fair. Uh, like you said, we're going to get into matchups later, but I think he's the primary KD defender. I think he's one of them. I don't know if they have such a thing anymore. They don't. They really don't. Miss you, BJ. <laughs> um, yeah. Hope you flame out in the first round. Uh, you know you know what's a fun stat, by the way, when I was looking this up? You know Ooh. the only team that didn't win a playoff game last season was the Miami Heat. Real, a single game? Wow. It was the only sweep. In the whole post. Oh, well, yeah. I guess they usually happen in the first round. That's fun. Let's make it two yeah. straight years. Yeah, let's do it. Then, you know, it would be great if, if the Bucks did that because then imagine, like, the Wolves get a game off of somebody and you could be like, the Wolves have as many playoff wins in one year as the Heat do in two years. That would be awesome. Oh, my goodness. That would be incredible. I don't think the that's Heat, happening. unfortunately, are not getting swept. <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think so. We'll see. I don't think so. We'll see. Imagine the Nets just dust the Heat in four games. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I would cry. I would uh, cry. Yeah, Sorry to our too. Heat listeners. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know what you're you know what you signed up for. Yeah, I mean, it's it's it is what it is. I think they would say the same. Uh, let's talk about the bigs. I, I put Giannis 38 minutes. Usually plays a little less than Chris and Drew. Yeah, that's fair. By the end of a series, probably like you know 42, 44 minutes. But just the way Giannis plays, I you I think the Bucks would rather have closer to 100 percent Giannis more. And if that means a minute here and there without him, I think that's a good trade. Yeah, completely agree. 38, slot him in. I think what's funny is earlier I would have thought I wanted him as the lone big more. I've kind of changed my mind on that. Uh, I have Brooks second among big guys in a typical game with like 25-ish minutes. Yeah, so that's down. He played 29 minutes a game last postseason. Yeah. I think I, that is coming down for sure. Yeah. I'd say around 20, 25 is fair. Yeah. Uh, again, we'll see how these next 12 games go before the postseason. But you don't want to rush anything. No. <laughs> Obviously. Especially with a guy with his age, Brooke Lopez, back injury. Don't want to rush him. Uh, and also, they have more options this season. They have one uh, more option, uh, which which is good. Um, yeah, it's, they actually have a backup center this year. The Rolo. The Rolo situation. 
It is. It is the Rolo situation. But I think it could be utilized better. Maybe. Let's well. Uh, we can just go to Surge and then we'll finish with Bobby. Um, because Surge is obviously who we're talking about. Bobby's gonna play too. I think Bobby plays in in every series, probably in every game. I think he's more important now. I think his role could be severely reduced. I don't think we're gonna see a series where he gets what he three straight DNPs. I don't think that's yeah, gonna happen again. That's not gonna happen. I will say, I think his defense is looking a little better lately. It is. It like, is. I think he's like making now- some strides. Yeah, he's definitely making some strides. Now that he's used to being in a more aggressive scheme, I, and you can totally tell it's definitely personnel dependent. Like, can you imagine if they threw Brooke Lopez out there and said, oh, yeah, go, by the way, go blitz that pick and roll up. The top. I think it might work. I think, one, it'd be, it'd be really funny. It would be hilarious. <laughs> Brooke would also have to check out after five minutes. Like, that is not, like, Brooke is not Bud, built Are you running me into the ground <laughs> right now? What is? What are you doing? I get that I missed a lot of time. Is this how you're punishing I, <laughs> like, I think it's, on, it's actually, we've talked about, you know, Bucks culture and putting guys in good spots. I think it's real. Like, they just made the fundamental decision of, like, we just can't approach Bobby like a center. And that was this whole season, right? They were like, we're not going to drop with him. It doesn't work. Like they were trying to use him as more of a center and it just, it didn't work. Bobby and drop is bad. Bobby and switching, also not ideal. The blitzing, I think gives them a better shot. Uh, I think he's held up well. And I think he's, honestly- He's held up really well. He's gotten the timing well. The team has figured out the rotations well. I think they're much, much more capable, better. Better suited? Yeah. Better suited, that's the term I'm looking for, thank you. Better suited to execute that type of scheme in pressure situations now that they've been doing it essentially all year. I also think they've gotten better at like scram switching or or just denying screens and keeping him on bigs. And I think he looks pretty good when most big guys attack him. Like you don't want him guarding Embiid for a long time or anything, but like, you know. Sabo- very poorly. So yeah, but Sabonis is going after him. I thought he did a good job. So like one-on-ones – as long as it's not like a you know a perimeter star like a Jason Tatum, I feel okay. Um, I feel like Bobby could take Tatum. Didn't go That's well earlier this That's season. That's a joke. Okay. That's a joke. <laughs> um, but Serge Ibaka. So I have I have my minutes broken up as like versus small team versus big team and then closeout game. I have Serge at zero minutes against a small team and twelve minutes versus a big team. Yeah, I just have him at ten. Just straight 10? Straight 10. And again, see how the series evolves. See, I don't think he touches the the floor against Brooklyn. I would be shocked. I think he does. I, I'm, I don't think so. I just, I, because I think the Bucks. I, I think it's just easier to not have him on the floor more. Because Brooks always going to play. And I just think the way the Nets defend, you'd rather have more spacing and more switchability than more more big guys. I think you're going to play some big guy minutes. Again, Brooke will play, but I don't think you're going to double that up. It wouldn't be doubled because, you know, Brooke would play more than Surge, but I don't think you want to add that much to it. So I think Surge is the most likely Bobby Portis-esque guy who may just not see the floor in some matchups. And then against the Sixers, I, it could be more than 12 minutes a game. Like he could, like it could be whatever Brooke can't play, Surge is in for every minute. That would not surprise Cavs. me at all. Maybe the Cavs. You're just less worried about the Cavs. Yeah. I think the Cavs 15, but I think like if Brooke plays 24 minutes against the Sixers, Surge might play 24 minutes against the Sixers. That's fair. And also we'll see if this trend continues of Brooke being in foul trouble. Because yeah. then you, if Brooke's in foul trouble, it's like, okay, it's fine. We still have Surge. Yep. 
Yeah, so I, I think he is, in some series, going to be a very important role player. In other series, going to be a break glass in case of emergency guy. And I don't think you could find a better qualified break glass in case of emergency guy. I Yeah, for sure, 100%. He's way you over You see him as more, but you agree with that that statement. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Uh, against Brooklyn, though, I could see him play. I definitely think he could play. And the reason I say that is if they just want to smother, smother the Nets. Because just, the Nets yeah. just have no, they have no front court. No. What's their front court? They missed, they missed Drummond a lot. Drummond's been pretty good. Yeah, Drummond's been great for them. Yeah, or what? Ever since the game of the trade. Oh, that's right. I thought, I thought he went the other way. I'm mixed up. So they have Drummond and that's it. <laughs> yeah, they have Drummond and Claxton. Yeah. Well, Claxton just is not, he doesn't weaponize the size. There's not enough size there, not enough bulk there. Drummond kind of yeah. does. Drummond's a yeah, he's a bulky dude. Yeah, uh, but I'm saying like that's their front court rotation. Bro, uh, Lamarcus, Bla- yeah, Lamarcus. Like Blake Griffin's been excised. Lamar, they miss Lamarcus too. Yeah, uh, my sixth man of the year pick. Before we think he's going to be back, right? I think so. Yeah, I think he'll be back. But I think so. Like, let's say Lamarcus or even Claxton. Like, why would you not want just more like Bobby? let's say, against those guys than Surge? Because I think in in terms of like, if you want to stick, if you're smothering teams, you want to be smothering them on the defense of them. Yeah, I get that. So, Surge. <laughs> but the way the way the Nets used some, I don't know. It's, re- it's going to be really interesting um, just because the Nets are so small now that I, I wonder if the Bucks will just want to default to just being more switchable. Yeah, but we saw that in the Net series last year. Like Brooke Lopez played a big role in that series. Yeah, like, there's definitely there's definitely a role for bigs to be played in that series. There is, but I, I just don't know if there's a role for two bigs. And again, we'll see. You know what what Brooks foul trouble and and conditioning and everything is by then. Yeah, I think I think more of the surge is uh, surge uh, minutes is going to come at the, the surge. The surge uh, is going to be a result of Brooke Lopez just a little bit of decline. That could be. I think that's a. I'm more open to that than just it being entirely like a schematic decision. Yeah, it's just like oh, Brooke. It's like we want to have let's say 27 minutes of Brooke Lopez. Okay, but Brooke can only pay 20. Yeah. <laughs> so let's get that seven minutes in through Serge Ibaka. And yeah, last time, last time Brooke played 33 minutes per game against the Nets. Yeah. He actually played more than PJ Tucker because PJ picked up 29 fouls in the seven games. Yep. <laughs> which is by far most on the team. Giannis had 20, actually. Um, but yeah, I think that's fair. Um, I think we'll see him a lot. La- I think, I think um, Serge Ibaka's role then, to a more safer statement, will probably vary the most matchup to matchup, I think. It's definitely going to be the most minimized, like you said. Yeah. Out of, out of him. Brooke and Bobby. Well, I guess him or one of Hill um, Carter, I think we'll see the biggest shifts depending on matchups. That's fair. But I think those are really the two swing spots is like surge versus just playing smaller and Carter and Hill just based on, you know, matchup or preference or however they're going. I think most, and I think like we mentioned Bobby a little, I have Bobby here down for like 18, which I think is actually more than he played last postseason. Uh, 18.3. Oh, so it's right on. Um, which, so I guess, yeah, I guess maybe then I'm, I'm full of crap saying I don't think he's going to play more or more often. 
Although I guess DMPs don't count against your minutes per game. True. He's going to have a bigger role, but in terms of like minutes per game, I feel like that might remain the same. Yeah. Yeah. And he's also, think- he's also going to be a four. We should make that distinction. Like we started this episode off talking about Brooke and talking about him starting. If Brooke is starting, Bobby's the backup four. What what would you consider if he's out there with Giannis? Is Giannis the five? Probably. Yeah. They're both four-y. But yeah, Giannis they, they is probably closer. Are. Yeah. Although I'd much rather if Giannis is a rim protector. <laughs> it is it's worth pointing out though that when those two play together now, oftentimes they give Giannis a forward so he can range and they let Bobby guard a big. So I think it's going to be entirely matchup dependent. Yeah. But like we saw that last regular season too. And then when it came playoff time, like Bobby was the backup center all of last regular season. Yeah. Playoffs came around. Oh, by the way, you're a four. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And this is your true role. And now it's due to, due to Brooks injury. Oh yeah. Back, by the way, you're a starting five. <laughs> yeah. Um, and he held up pretty damn well. He did. And he continues to. <laughs> like, yeah. He's still the starter. <laughs> and I, I think he has taken strides forward. So yeah, I expect to see him every night. I just think the minutes will – it's kind of the same reason as Grayson, right? Like you like what he can give you, but you just don't want him out there too much. Yeah, it's like too too much of a good thing isn't a good thing. Yeah. When He's too like, much of a not good thing is also not good. Yes. Not good things <laughs> remain not good. Yeah. Uh, good things can also be not good. Quote me, 2020. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, I had a point that I was going to make. Something about Bobby or Serge? Oh, yeah. Like, Bobby, I think, is going to be – like, you said Bobby, similar situation as Grayson. But, yeah, Bobby's just – he's just too important to this team. Oh, He's man. going to be playing. We got he's Marcus Johnson on a low post today. <gasps> what? Yeah, it's going to be fire. Oh, let's go. Um, I, I was derailed by by Twitter notifications. Um, shout out Marcus Johnson, who rocks. Okay, so that's all the players uh, who we expect to play. Um, and we think Thanasis 40 minutes a game. Thanasis 40 minutes in the entire postseason. Yeah. Also, you know what's fun? I forgot Justin Jackson was on the team. Oh God. Year. Did he get did he get a ring on ring night? Was he there? Was he one of the guys I don't who was know. there? I don't think so. And Axel was Axel. There. Axel was the star of Ring Night, let's be honest. Yeah. Justin Jackson played five games in the postseason last year. That's an it's all blowouts though, right? Three minutes a game. Cause I don't, I don't remember. Cause I, I think uh, Elijah Bryant got into real games. I don't think Justin Jackson did. Oh my god, I forgot Elijah Bryant got into real games. Yeah, Justin Jackson, three of five uh, from the field during the postseason last year. Oh of two from three. Made all his twos. Missed all his threes. That's a good sign. Is it? <laughs> is it a good sign, Ty? So if you look at just to, like uh, to emphasize to reemphasize the difference in depth, if you look at games played in the playoffs. Chris, Drew, Brooke, PJ, Pat all played every game. Only PJ is gone. Giannis missed the two games with injury. Then Bobby played 20, and then Bryn Forbes played 20. So he's gone. And then after that, that was the top eight. Then it's Teague, Thanasis, Elijah Bryant, Sam Merrill in order of games played. So that gets you to 12. And we are getting to 11 without PJ Tucker or uh, Bryn Forbes. Now, so the 11th guy now is either George Hill or Serge Ibaka or Javon Carter compared to Elijah Bryant in number of playoff games played. Uh, we need to get Jordan on here, our Israeli correspondent. Uh, 
talk about Elijah Bryant. Oh, um, I, I should say uh, that is muddled because Dante got hurt so fast. So yes. if you include Dante, then Thanasis is 11. But still, like Teague, Thanasis, Forbes was the bottom three to start last time. And now it's Javon Carter, George Hill, Serge Ibaka, which feels a lot better. Yeah, it's great. Was just Justin Jackson was on a two-way, right? I think so, yeah. I think him and Axel were the two ways. Was it Axel on a two-way? Yeah, Axel was on a two-way. Interesting. They, like, changed the rules so he barely qualified. Oh, yeah, I remember that. I just – I was so flabbergasted by seeing Justin Jackson on this list. Um, The Bucks roster from last year. Yeah, yeah, let's talk matchups. So – this is not going to be a full playoff preview, obviously. No, that'll, that'll gonna, happen. We'll get there. It will. It will. But uh, not right now. No. We're just going to take a look at some teams, some potential first-round foes, some uh, titans of the conference, and see what would be closing lineups for these teams. So as of right now, as the seating is currently constructed, which is always subject to change, the Bucks would be playing the winner of Toronto-Brooklyn in the first round. The winner of that play-in game would be facing the Bucks. Uh, the game would be in Toronto. I'd still think it'd be the Nets. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I, have you have you met Kevin Durant? I have the Nets. You have the, the no. Oh, I guess I haven't personally. <laughs> um, the the Raptors have got to be like one of the better play-in teams that we've seen. And I think certainly one of the better equipped to guard someone like KD. I don't think they can do it. Yeah. I should also mention that the Raptors are currently tied with the Cavs in terms of win-loss record. Yeah. If the Cavs get it, then the Nets are in seven because there's no way Kyrie and KD are going to lose to the Cavs. I'm sorry. The Cavs who are just eternally banged up. Um, Jared Allen should be coming back soon, though. Yeah, but Garland's back is still... It was a good season. Uh, please avoid seven, Clevelander. I, I don't know if you're going to get in at all at this point. Yeah, it's it's gonna it's it's gonna. Can, can I just say quickly? We probably won't talk about them much. They're big. They're kind of a weird matchup. The Cavs are the least threatening team in the entire top eight. I don't know. There's still some Bucks fans who think, "Oh, the Cavs. We don't want to see the Cavs. They have the size." The Cavs are losing in five games to the Bucs, if five. Like I think four. They're not there. They're just not there. Jared Allen and Darius Garland and Evan Mobley are not going to beat Giannis Chris and Drew. I'm sorry. They don't have the depth. Their guys aren't ready yet. They're a good team. They're not this level of team. I don't know. Kevin Love. Are we yeah. It does ex- oh, yeah, Dean okay. Wade. Bunch of guys Kevin who are going to get put in blenders. Trying to think of more players that are just random. Isaac Okoro. Yeah, Isaac. Brandon Isaac Goodwin. Oh my goodness. Moses Isaac Brown. Oh, They're a good yeah. team. They're a fine team. They're a fine, They're fun, fun team. They're not They're hanging lucky. with the Bucks. They're not hanging no. with the Bucks. If the Bucks draw the Cavs. Who do you think who do you think the Cavs could beat in the first round of these? Bulls. Bulls. For sure, the Bulls. Yeah. I kind of feel bad for the Bulls. I don't. No, they they got so so. Bulls fans were just so like, they they acted like they'd never been there before. And the ones our age haven't, but the old should at least remember what it's like to actually be good. Yeah, I mean, like they they still were there, and they've made the conference finals like last decade. That's good. Yeah, that's good. Sixers so, haven't done that in like twenty years. The, the Blazers have done that too. I mean, it's not. 
I, again, the Sixers haven't done it in a while. I know. I like that you worked it to, to Sixers slander. Always will. Okay, do you want to talk about Nets matchup or closing lineup? Yeah, let's talk Nets. We already we already talked a bit about how this matchup would go. My closing lineup against the Brooklyn Nets will come after you say yours. <laughs> wow. Wow. I, I feel like I was baited. I want to look back to like game seven, but I'm pretty sure I know what it is anyway. I forgot that game went into uh, overtime. Oops. It was one overtime. One overtime? Yeah. Was it really? How many minutes is yeah. in overtime? Five. Oh, they were shorter for some reason. Yeah, you're right. Um, Drew, Chris, Pat, Giannis, Brooke. Yeah. <laughs> that is my closing lineup, I think, for a lot of series. Um, just not the honestly, it might be almost I don't maybe I don't know how much I'm gonna change it. I think I think the one thing you could probably you might be able to add Wes Matthews. Maybe. Yeah. For Brooke or for Pat? Pat. See, I think it's almost more likely you add him for Brooke, just depending on how Brooke is looking and holding up. No, I think I think you have to have Brooke out there because we've seen like we saw it last year, even when the Nets didn't have a front court last year, Brooke was still able to hang, be a dominant force. It's, that's not going to change. Well, depending how he looks and everything. It's yeah. more of an injury consideration. Yes, yes. So I think, yeah, you, that's valid. I think there is a chance that Brooke Lopez is not out there. But if it is, it's not because the Nets figured out Brooke Lopez. It's because Brooke Lopez is uh, hampered. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, could it not just be because the Bucks have more personnel now? But if you just kind of assume West is PJ and PJ is West, they still didn't close small when they didn't have to. Like they still went with Brooke when they could have gone with Pat and PJ more. Uh, Brooke played 46 minutes in game seven. So um, those minutes, like didn't Chris play like 50 or something? 52. That's yeah. why I was looking. I was like, that has to be more than one overtime, right? That's a crazy no, he sat for He sat for one minute in that game. Less, 52-21. He sat for 39 seconds in that game. That's ridiculous. <laughs> Giannis played 50 minutes too. How much did KD play in that game? Uh, I think he did all of it, right? I think, yeah. Did 53. He? Yeah. KD and yeah, Harden. he played all of it. All of it. Bruce Harden Brown. played 53 as well. Bruce Brown played 52 minutes in that game. Oh, my goodness. And they wonder why they lost. They wonder. I, I can't believe. I mean, I guess neither of them are perfectly healthy, but no wonder those guys have had long, hard seasons this year. I mean, that's a crazy amount of load. Yeah, KD was playing like every minute of that series. <laughs> With the last three Aside games? Aside from game two. Yeah. I don't think he did I the think... whole series, but damn near. No, game two, he sat a lot because it was a blowout. Uh, that's the game where my internet cut out, and I was just like uh, oh. tweeting out Minecraft. That's the... <laughs> <laughs> Let's see, how many... KD averaged... Oh, no, he only averaged 42 minutes only, but he averaged 42 minutes, nearly 43 minutes per game that series, which I was almost like, did he average like 49 minutes a game? No, I think games uh, five, six, and seven, he played the majority. I think he sat for like two total minutes. He played 48 and five. They gave him some time off in game six because I think the Bucks were up too much by the end. So he sat, he only played 40 and a half minutes that game. Okay, that's fair. Because they, I think they, I think they gave. I think I remember they kind of punted and we were surprised. Yes, yes, yes. That's that's what happened. Um, so yeah, I think we have the same 
same basic closing five for those lineups. Just uh, it could be interchanged. Like my, I could interchange maybe West for Pat, depending on how the defense is holding up. Yeah. And maybe uh, West for Brooke. I don't think anyone else really touches the floor. Maybe, maybe George Hill. If they're or going Javon. Super small. Or Javon. Or Javon. We'll see. Javon. We'll see how that goes. But I don't think it would ever, unless it's an injury consideration, like I'd be pretty surprised if it was a, a different big in for Brooke. I don't think that's very likely. No, like Serge no. or Bobby, I could not see that happening. No. I think we're in agreement there. Yeah. Um, so if that were to hold and uh, no upsets occur, the Bucks would be playing the winner of the 3-6 matchup, which would be Philly and Cleveland. So they'd be playing the Cavaliers. <laughs> okay. Or the Philly. Philadelphia 76ers. Let's talk about Philly. So is it the same or do you want to change it? I'd potentially want to change it. Oh, do you what what are you adding? I think I'm this is tough because Philly is a very different team. Obviously, you have to have size. You have to have size against Embiid. So Brooke is there. Yeah. Giannis, Chris, and Drew are there. Yeah. So it's just the fifth guy. Is it going to be Pat Connison to the series? I don't think so because the Sixers trend small in their guards. And who do you – like, if you're having guards out there, uh, the Sixers are going to close with Tyrese Maxey and James Harden. Do you want Pat guarding one of those two? No, but I actually – I think you can hide him against the Sixers and it wouldn't be that tough. Put him on Tobias? Or uh, Tybal. Tybal might not play. You don't think so? He might not. He hasn't who would been the, playing. Who like, would the fifth guy be? Uh, it's the two guards, Tobias and Bede. They have to put somebody there who's not very threatening. Yeah, Tobias is – what you say? I said I guess, but like they don't, they don't necessarily have to play Tybal. No, you gotta you gotta play somebody. There has to be a fifth guy out there. I, I and I think like I'm not that worried about Pat on Tobias. To be clear, I would rather put him on someone even less threatening. But that doesn't. I mean, Tobias is so off and on, and Pat's strong enough. I mean, they they probably will just close with Danny Green. Him or Niang? I think it's Danny Green over Niang. Maybe. Are you worried about Pat on any of those guys though? And are they going to use those guys in actions enough to, to get him on to harden their maxi? I think I would have I would rather have Chris guard one of those guys. Well, yeah, but there's two of them. Oh, I guess I, I see what you're saying. Chris would need to guard like uh, one guard of those smaller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I guess I didn't think of it that way as much. So you want so, thinking like Javon or West, depending on who you want. Javon to guard? West or Hill. Yeah. I think one of those three rather than Pat. Do we like Javon slash Hill on Maxi more or do we like Wes on Harden more? I think we have Drew on Harden. No, I know, but I'm saying Drew was going to guard one of them. So would you rather have Wes for Harden or would you rather have a smaller guy for Maxi? Smaller guy for Maxi. I'm not sure. Like, I'd rather have George Hill or Javon Carter on Tyrese Maxey. Would you rather have one of those two on Harden and have Drew on Ty- uh, Tyrese? Maybe. Why? Because do we trust Harden in the playoffs? Whether we trust him or not, he's going to have the ball. Yeah, I suppose. 
Would, do you want to just sit Drew Holiday off ball? <laughs> well, is he, I don't know if he's – I mean, Embiid's going to have the ball a lot too. I think Drew is going to cause chaos. I think Maxie's going to touch the ball. I don't think he's never going to touch it. Yeah, that's why I'd rather have like George or Javon on him. Yeah. I think there's going to be some games where maybe he's more of a problem than James Harden. Yeah, but if we're talking just purely closing, James Harden, it's going to be Harden and Embiid action. Yeah, probably. I don't even think – I think it's certain. <laughs> I mean, we've seen James Harden close the playoff games on the bench. It's Josh Smith and uh, Corey Brewer. Oh so I, I don't think it's certain. I think it's far from certain. <laughs> he didn't check back into that game. He did not. He just sat there. Game. Yeah. wonder why they, they won it. Win. That is that is one of the craziest series of all time. I'm just saying. Call me a James Harden hater if you would like. I, I have documented evidence. Again, I'm not. I'm not saying you're wrong. I know. I, there, I'm certainly there's people who are listening to this who are spitting out drinks right now. Um, I, I think you probably go with a smaller guy on Maxi and, and Drew on Harden. Yeah. So would you would you still have Pat in your closing five then? No, then I wouldn't because you need a center and you're not going to. Obviously, Chris and Giannis are going to play. And also, Brooke has also sneakily been one of the best Embiid defenders. Yeah, he's just so big and strong. Embiid's going to shoot over him a lot. You're just going to have to live with those shots. Yeah, and if you if your entire offense wants to be pick and pop with Embiid, go for it. Be my guest. Also, not even just pick, just out of post ups, he's going to be able to shoot. I know, over but him. if you if you like want to exploit a drop defense, I'm trying to say. Oh yeah, Embiid like, will will shoot him. He'll shoot him. Yeah, um, but again, yeah, I think at a certain point you kind of just have to live with that and and pick a poison and hope he wears down. Um, but I think. Help defense is going to be crucial in that series. And that, like, being able to put Giannis on, I mean, if it's Tybal, that's a dream. But even if it's um, uh, Niang or Tobias, like, if Giannis is in that airspace, he's going to help contest those jumpers, too. Yeah. Like, uh, I think you're going to help off of those guys. <laughs> uh, are you, here's a question Are you worried about Philly against the Bucks? A little. I think top end, they're probably the scariest team. Because they're yeah. deeper. Yeah. I think they're the biggest threat to the Bucks in the East. They have the best non-Bucks big three in the East, I think. Because I don't count Ben Simmons as a player at this point. So Brooklyn doesn't really have one. Yeah. And the other is Lowry, Jimmy, and Bam. Yeah. And I, I mean, you yeah. can say Maxi is sixth out of those two out of those guys, but you can Harden also and say one and two. <laughs> yeah. Embiid is one for sure. Harden's probably oh, two 100%. or three. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, they definitely have the best big three. I think they have the second highest ceiling in the East. Yeah, they have good role players too. Tobias is one of those guys who could randomly shoot like 45% in a series and swing it or probably more likely shoot 20% in a series and swing it the other way. Or but that is plus Danny Green in the playoffs. I don't know if that's a thing anymore. I mean, he's won titles, but in those title teams, it's not like he's uh, been Steph Curry. He's actually last year was funny enough with Philly was his best shooting year in quite a while. The seasons before yeah, that what happened, they lost <laughs> 34% from deep, 33%, 25%, 34% in his last four postseasons prior to. Yeah, and again, they lost a game seven on their home floor to Atlanta. They, they won two rings in two of those years, his teams. So, um, but We're yeah, back to back. D- yeah. Danny green. It just doesn't scare me that much. No, no. Um, but the Sixers, the Sixers are probably the biggest threat. Yeah. Uh, what about Heat? Heat would potentially be the conference finals then. 
yeah heat uh i think you you honestly you just ride with the starters i'm i'm putting grace in it oh i'm not i would do probably pat i'm putting grace in like why not have some shooting but you guys still have some shooting. A, a more dynamic shooting. yeah more dynamic offense no i'm not closing with grace and ever i'm closing with pat I, I mean, trust I'm not, him more. I'm not worried about like the Heat attacking Grayson Allen with Gabe Vincent. Who would realistically be the one attacking him? It, it, it'd be it'd be Tyler Hero. I don't want that at all. No, I'm putting. Uh, see, I, actually, you you if they close with Hero, Lowry, Butler, you might actually you could maybe talk me into Javon or uh, Hill. Because I don't know if – I don't think I want Wes or Chris guarding Harrow or Lowry. Yeah. It's kind fair. of a funky matchup. We just haven't really seen them with all, all of their guys because they've been so banged up. But if Harrow is closing, then you probably want like Javon Carter out there. Yeah. So who would, who would the Heat close with? They'd close with Lowry. They'd close with Hero. They'd close with Butler, Bam, and who else? PJ or Robinson? PJ. No, they're going to close with PJ. I don't know if they can. They they have been and they will. That offense is a mess. Yeah, the offense. Why do you think the offense has been a mess? <laughs> That's terrible. Like there's no – so then I think you do go Javon and just say like we're just not going to let you score ever. See, the thing is I think even with Grayson out there, you can still be not be too worried about the heat scoring. I, I just think – like I think the way Harrow scores, if that's the guy you're putting him on, he gets open without getting far enough a lot of the time to even draw a help defender. Like he shoots so many pull-ups effectively. So would you rather have Chris on him? No, I'd rather have one of Carter, Hill, Drew on him. I'd rather – I'd put a bigger guy on him. I don't. I don't. I actually. I think I'd probably put Drew on him and put the guard on on Lowry because Lowry's easier to guard because he's. I think you kind of just let him shoot at a certain a certain point. Yeah. Harrow is their most dangerous it. offensive player to me. Oh, without based a doubt. on what I've without seen, without a doubt. Like last season, looking back to the last season series, they were running their offense through Goran Dragic. Because what what is was Jimmy Butler going to do anything? Oh. I think you got Giannis on him. Yeah. Or PJ, yeah, just, I guess. No, you have Giannis on Jim. Yeah, and then you just put put Chris on PJ or Duncan. Yeah, I think so. Or do you want Chris? Is Chris Lowry? Is that bad? If you wanted I the Pat or Grayson, if you wanted to hide them on uh, a PJ or Duncan, I think you could do that. There's definitely there's it's a lot easier from Milwaukee's perspective. <laughs> yeah, uh, in this matchup because they just have a bunch of guys who aren't going to shoot. Uh, the quickness has been on drives. Has, has I don't know regular season versus playoffs. Chris is a big difference. I'm a little worried about the quickness of Lowry against Chris. But we've seen Chris hang with guys like who are quick off ball in the playoffs. I'm not too worried about that. Well, off, I'm more worried about on ball though. Yeah, but if he he can do it off ball, he can do it on ball. I don't know. I think it's different. That's fair. On ball, it's more like side to side lateral movement, whereas off ball, it's kind, it's just like staying in the vicinity. That's fair. That's fair. I, I uh, think he'll always dunk, guard Duncan if it's Duncan. To be clear, like yeah, I think that's I just don't his. think Duncan's going to close. I just think at a certain, I, I, maybe not Sorry, early. Fellow Blue Wire podcast, yeah, our guy. I think maybe not early, but at a certain point, they might just go like, "Okay, we need some points, man. Like, we just have nothing." Unless Lowry is shooting hot, we'll see. 
Oh, we shall see. But like Butler and Bam don't scare me at all. Uh, Bam a little, uh, and Butler a little too. But this is such a bad matchup for them. This is a really exactly. bad defense. Like I'm saying against this team. Yeah. Like no, they don't scare me. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I think yeah. Honestly, I think Jimmy, I lean. Jimmy can just. He's not going to shoot one. I lean but. defense to close because I don't want to allow Lowry and um, Harrow to bail out the non-shooters, and that's the the Heat game that they almost that the Bucks barely won the last one. That was what happened. I mean, Harrow and Duncan Robinson bailed out Jimmy and Bam, who couldn't do anything. And it's like I just I, I think your chance of winning is higher if you make it harder for those guards because you know you're putting Jimmy and Bam in such a tough spot. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, you're pro- you're gonna want to close a defense regardless, but I'm saying this is probably a matchup where you can close with a guy like Grayson, and you'd be it'd be probably okay. Yeah, it depends how well you can hide them. They're they're an oddly small team, the Heat. Yeah, which is why I'm fine with Grayson out there. Like he he moves fast. Like if you stash him on PJ or if you Duncan's out there, like he's quick. Yeah, I, it's honest. It's less about that and more about like I just don't know if I like Chris on Lowry Harrow. If those guys both close, which I think they will, I don't love that. I think Chris on Lowry isn't the worst idea. Probably, not. especially if if Harrow's doing a lot of the ball and Jimmy is doing some ball handling. Yeah. Jimmy, it, what are we doing? What are we talking about here? What? Jimmy, Jimmy's not, come on. <laughs> he gets all he NBA consideration. Hand, he couldn't even handle an inbounds. Uh, listen, the guy gets all NBA talk. I would hope that he is uh, handling I the ball. He's some. good. He's really good. This is just a terrible matchup for them. How good is he if a matchup can just take you out of a game and a series entirely? I did say he's like, <laughs> there's a ceiling on you. There's a ceiling on your goodness. If against the wrong team, you're, you're outscored by Brent Forbes. Yeah, listen. I did. I did see. I didn't say he's an MVP. <laughs> no, yeah. I said he's very good. He is. He is. He is very good. Yeah. We'll see how it and goes you, this year. I would expect. You want to respect Bam, Bam shooting, so uh, I guess I this do. is a bad. It's a, it's a bad least, matchup for Brook. You know, if if the Bucks lose because Bam shoots sixty percent from mid range, you're kicked off the pod. I'm gonna be so conflicted because you just you keep coming back to this, and I do feel like I'm correct still, but not like this. No, I don't want it like this. I'd rather be wrong. <laughs> uh, good, because you are. Uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh, are there any other teams in the East we really need to worry about? Uh, we should talk. I don't know. Do we talk about the Celtics? Yeah, Celtics I think so. Decent. I think the Celtics are outside of the two teams or the three uh, the three teams we talked about. They're right up there. So who who are the Celtics going to close with? I think it's probably Tatum, Brown, Smart. I think probably Horford and Time Lord. Horford and Time Lord? You say? I think so. I think they like Horford kind of play. So Horford would guard Lopez, and I bet they'd probably put Time Lord on Giannis, I think, and have him drop and just stack the paint. Maybe. Maybe. We'll see. I'd, I'd, maybe Derek White gets in there for them? He might. I don't know. I just think the issue with that is like if the Bucks, I assume the Bucks would do Lopez Giannis in this series as well because there's at least going to be one big out there for, for Boston. Like what what is Derek – who is Derek White guarding? Or who is somebody guarding? Because somebody's going to have to guard up by a lot. Yeah. I mean like Marcus Smart will guard up. 
Marcus Smart might be the one that guards Giannis. I don't. I don't think this year. I think they're all in on Time Lord and Horford. I think one of those guys will. Yeah, I mean, you're probably right. I think it'll probably be if we let's just say it's um, Bucks starters for now, or you could slide in Pat. I don't think it matters that much. Smart on Drew, Jalen on Chris, or no, Jalen on the fifth starter, Tatum on Chris, and then the bigs on the bigs. So I'll, I'll say Time Lord on Giannis, Horford on Lopez. I think that makes a lot of sense for them. I think it does. Are you worried about that? Not particularly. They're a good shooting team. Tatum's really good. And they've been the best defense, you know, for all of 2022. Um, I, I think they're good. The way they switch is a problem, but I just think the Bucks would probably overwhelm them a bit without needing without needing to rely on switches. Yeah. Because it's like they can take advantage of every matchup, realistically. Most of them. Which one can they not? I, I mean, smart on Drew is going to offer a lot of resistance. I think that's fair. And Tatum on Chris I, is Tatum on Chris isn't easy either. Yeah, but Chris is going to shoot over anyone. Yeah, I mean Tatum is going to shoot over Chris too. I yes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, it cancels yes, a little. I, I think Giannis is going to have to be really good in the in this series. I think they're gonna they're gonna play him pretty tough. Um, ultimately, I think the, the Bucks would win, but I, I do think they the Sixers are poised to challenge them defensively more than Celtics. anybody. Sorry, yeah, Celtics more than anybody outside of um, Miami and and Philly. Yeah, I think that's fair, and that includes the, the West teams. Like I think I think that those three teams in the East are probably going to be the toughest defenses the Bucks would see. For sure. Um, what other teams? I want the Bulls. Sorry, Chicago fans. <laughs> I mean, could close with the Nasus out there. <laughs> Do you, would you close with Brooke if they're playing Vucevic and all perimeter players? Yes. Uh, I think you do. I think you do because I don't know. Other, otherwise, you got it looks like Patrick Williams is going to come back for them, which is good. Yeah. Um, so if let's say he's closing. Do you stick? Do you stick Vooch on Giannis and then, like, Pat Williams on Brook Lopez? This is why I just don't. It's not even worth discussing. Their Giannis options are so bad that it's Vooch and Pat Williams. Yeah, Demar, oh Caruso. God. Oh my God, Lonzo. Like they just they don't have it. They don't have it. Even if even if uh, Pat Will is ready to play, I just don't think they have it. How tall is Pat Williams? Six. Seven, maybe six eight. Pat Williams, uh, not the sports executive. <laughs> um, six seven. You're right. Yeah, seven foot wingspan. He's good. He's just not guarding yachts. No, I mean no one's that that good really. But um, yeah, I don't know. You probably if they do Pat Williams out there, maybe you do Brooke and put Giannis on him. But if they close with like. Caruso, Levine, Ball, DeRozan, Vucevic, which I don't think is impossible. Would it's you probably what they're going to do? Would you size down then? No. Would you throw Giannis on? Who's Giannis guarding? Okay, yeah, that's fair. the. It's a little awkward. I don't know if you want him on DeRozan all the time. Yeah, you you might size down there. You might size down there. Or like maybe you not- just maybe you just overwhelm them. 
Yeah, that's fair. But I, that is a that is a tricky Giannis matchup. Do you want? I think honestly, you you can go. I have a I have a devious idea though. You're gonna say put him on like Alex Caruso. Yeah, put him on Caruso. Yeah, dare Caruso to shoot. Yeah, that's fair. Bucks Bulls coming down to Alex Caruso. Who would have thought? Well, you don't have to leave you know him what they open. Should do? They should put Grayson Allen on. <laughs> God. <laughs> Well, no, I think you'd probably you put whoever the the other the fifth guy is would go then on ball, and then you can have. Actually, it's a little it's a little tricky. Actually, you know what I. Hmm. You know you want you want a defender, and I don't think you want Grayson because I think you'd actually probably want Drew on DeRozan, Chris on ball, and a defender on Levine. Yeah, you might go. Yeah, I think you go Drew on Demar. You might go Wes on Levine. Yeah. Or Javon. Yeah. Or even then, Hill. But yeah, yeah, I don't know if I don't know if Grayson has a good spot. Um, but Grayson on Lonzo, and I wouldn't be too worried about it. No, and then you use Chris on like Levine. Yeah, maybe yeah. just to close a game. No, no, no. Wes is on Levine. But who's Chris going to guard then? Hmm. <laughs> I gotta guard someone. Um, offense, defense, substitutions, every play. <laughs> no, you gotta. Those timeouts were burned before the three-minute mark, Rohan. Ah, uh, true. Oh, uh, this one's weird. How is this one the most weird one? But it's the one I'm not worried about. Well, it's they, they're just such a small team that it's a little it's a little confusing. Um, but I think, and I also think we're like getting muddled on if we're sized down or not from the Bucks' perspective. Um, but I don't know. I just Maybe don't that... close with Chris. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, I think Chris on ball makes a lot of sense. Then you just play a defender who you can put on Levine. Yeah, I think that works. Um, which you know that that guy's going to lose to Levine a few times, but it is if Levine gets a super hot. Few. If if yeah. Levine, if Levine gets super hot, then you just move Drew over there. Like that's the nice part about Drew just being a toggle stopper. Yeah, and like Chris on DeRozan, it's not like there's a size mismatch or anything. No, De- Demar's just really good. But yeah, it's not you're not you're not petrified about it. No, no, you're not too worried. And then you just have Giannis on Vooch. What? Here's the thing. What if the Bulls like just go? They can have some crazy lineups. I don't know why they don't do that. What if they play like if Pat Williams comes back, play Pat at center. Then they just. They, I think then you play Brooke and you just say, okay, we're gonna dunk on you every possession. Like you're never gonna get a rebound, and we're just gonna dunk every time. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't work, but I'd, it'd be fun to try out. If I, I would, I would love to watch them do that against the Bucks and watch like Brooke end the game with like 17 rebounds, <laughs> 15 <laughs> offensive. This is why they didn't. They hired Billy Donovan and not me. <laughs> we'll see. He might. I don't think he's gonna do that. But they are a very small team. Yeah, it's just like they don't they don't have a lot of front court options. Tristan Thompson, baby. Tristan Thompson, I was gonna say. What if they close with double T? That would be fun. Then Brooke is It'd definitely be a lot playing. of fun. I think they close with Tristan Thompson because the game is like two hundred to five. <laughs> um, yeah. Like let's let's empty the bench here. <laughs> I think the last one to think about. Um, it's just like I don't want to do all the West teams because it's already a super let's, long. Let's pod. say Suns. I think just the starters. Or do you want to do you size down? Brooke did no, have I some troubles you, in that series. 
I think you I think you go starters. I think Brooke plays less in that series than he does in a lot of series. Yeah. Golden State would be interesting too if they made it because they might close yeah. with Draymond at five. Then I don't think yeah. – do, maybe you do still play Brooke. Yeah, that one's weird because what are the Warriors doing? They're going Steph. Steph also, he should be ready to go by the playoffs. Yeah, it's really bad for them. It's, yeah, uh, you actually have great. to feel bad. They've had six quarters of their three guys in the last three years. It's ridiculous. Yeah. You see Steph in 15 minutes with Draymond at 41 points yep. the other night? Yeah. Ridiculous. Yeah. Um, they're going to have zero offense. But it'd probably be Steph, Poole, Clay, Wiggins, Draymond. Yeah. Um, so Brooke on Draymond. Draymond. Yeah, it'd have to be if he plays. And then you'd put Giannis on probably uh, Wiggins. Or do you put Wiggins on Jordan Poole? We can't use Wiggins. What? What? You said you put Wiggins on Jordan Poole. We don't get to use Wiggins. No, I meant to, <laughs> I meant to say Giannis. I was like, we, that's that's not how that works. Oh my goodness. No, I don't think I would. I think I, I don't think I want him chasing around Jordan Poole. That's fair. Um, you probably put Drew on Andrew Wiggins. Uh, this might. This might be a, a closed small game. Yeah. That was obviously a joke, by the way. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. Some people are going to come at you. Andrew Wiggins has a bunch of stands. Yeah. It's weird. I don't know why. It's weird. Does Anthony Bennett, too? It. Is it a first overall pick thing? Does Anthony Bennett have stands? No. 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 <laughs> I don't think so. No, because I told you one thing about Andrew Wiggins, and then it was just like flooded. With like quote tweets and replies about like saw, he's actually doing really good. Wasn't that was that on our playback? No, no, it was oh. the Warriors game a little bit like last oh. week. I was like, didn't we do that one? Did we? I thought so. I don't think we did. Maybe not. I don't think we did. Oh, it was uh, ABC on Saturday night. Oh no, yeah, we don't do. We haven't done a weekend game. You're right. You're right. Um. Yeah, but I just I tweeted something about Andrew Wiggins because he like threw the ball, like he spiked the ball out of bounds on accident or something. I was like, I tweeted, what is Andrew Wiggins doing? It's just like fun. He's actually really good. Yeah. And by the way, at this point in the game, he was he had four points on six shots. He's had a tremendous slump from uh since the all since he started the all-star game. Yeah. All-star starter, Andrew Wiggins. Yep. Um, but yeah, the Warriors, the Warriors could be tough. Um, yeah, I think you probably size down. You definitely size down. You put Giannis on Draymond and let him roam, um, and just yeah. and if and then if they're going to use a lot of Draymond Steph, then at least you have Giannis around those actions, and then assign out the perimeter players. Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, and then the last team is probably like the Suns. The Suns are the favorite. Yeah. Like I think they're I think they're making the finals. They they're injured too. The West is crazy. I think there's honestly five teams that can make it out of the West. Really, I think it's, I think it's Suns Warriors, and that's it. I think the Grizz could. I think, think uh, Grizzlies could. I think Denver could. And as much as I hate to say it, there is a small chance Dallas could. I don't know. I'm not there on Dallas. I'm not really there. Um, and maybe Utah as well. I'm all the way out. I, I, but it's just like the injuries to Golden State and Phoenix are like Chris Paul should be coming back like relatively soon. Yeah, he should be, but he hasn't played in a month and he's ancient and small. Yeah, but I still think like he's still Chris Paul. 
until he's not. It's concerning. I, I think it's fine that that everyone's it's, it's, like cool he, with here's it. Here's the thing: when it's it's never a all of a sudden shift. There's a decline that occurs unless it's tied to an injury. But it's an offhand finger. I know. For now. Yeah, we're we're, we're talking about a guy like Pat Connaughton who's it's shooting him, and we're brushing those off. Well, Pat's less important to the Bucks than Chris Paul is to the uh, Suns. Pat's going to be back earlier. Pat's a lot younger. Does it matter for a finger injury? Well, it's there's a conditioning element. I don't I don't like bringing a guy that age back to oh hey you're a star on our playoff team now. I'm sure, like I'm sure he kept his conditioning just fine. Like, it's different. What talking about. I don't think it's that big a deal. I think it's you don't. How old is he? Thirty-six. If his first game is game one of a playoff series, that concerns me. I'm. I'm not. I mean, it's definitely worrying. Uh, this is <laughs> getting back to what you and Adam said. I think it's worrying. It's not concerning. I think it's a little concerning. He had some tough, tough moments in the last playoffs while dealing with injuries too. Yeah, and they still made the finals. They did. What are you, Anthony Davis now? No, I'm not saying they didn't deserve to make it to the finals. I'm just saying I'm concerned about their ancient tiny point guard who's not going to have played a game since the All-Star game, which he played in for some reason, potentially until the playoffs start. That's two months. Yeah. The Suns are just a machine, though. They are. And Cam Johnson's been missing time. I think he'll be okay, but yeah, they still have Devin Booker. Yeah, like even if even if Chris Paul, like even if he's a little hampered, like yeah, Chris, uh, Devin Booker is the lead guy now. Oh, it's I think you know they're not going to have trouble in the first round or anything against this, especially this version of the West. But I just think they're. I, it's not. It's less that I think the Suns are going to be bad, and more that I think they're going to be within striking distance of a team like the Nuggets, the Grizzlies, the Warriors, etc. I'm not as comfortable I mean, with them I, I, as I was. I see your points. I, I'm, st- I'm still fairly confident. What was the best team they beat last year? Oh, so you are Anthony Davis. I'm not. I know. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to go. I'm asking what the best team they beat last year. Who season did they was. play? They played the. I'm looking uh, right now. The Lakers, the Nuggets, and the Clippers. Yeah. The Clippers had no Kawhi the entire series. Yeah, probably the... The Nuggets? Yeah. But they did not have Murray. Murray for the entire series. Yeah. And the Lakers... Mike and the, Sam, I'm sorry, I tried. With the Davis thing. I'm not saying they didn't earn it. I mean, this how the playoffs goes. They didn't have Chris Paul for a lot of those games, or some of those games at least. Yeah. But I, I think this version of the West, like they... People always focus on, you know, the Bucks road is what's, what's harder. What's this version of the West? Like, who are the top end teams in the West? Like... If the Steph Warriors? is playing, they're better than all of those teams that they beat last year. The versions that they beat. True, true. I think the Grizzlies are. I think the Nuggets could be. I still think the Suns are heading like they're 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 in a different tier, in my eyes. I, I think that I think they probably are now because of the Steph injury. I had them like at the top of tier one with the Warriors near the bottom, and I, that keeps moving because the Warriors have had a lot of shifts this year. But I I don't think I don't think they're gonna roll through like they did last year. No, it's gonna be more difficult for sure. But I still they're a clear favorite in my eyes. I think they're a favorite. I'm not sure if it's clear. It's hard. It's hard to win three series. It is. I think their road is easier than the Bucks. But I just think that 
I think they're going to have to play probably some. I mean, their first round might be easier, but their second and third rounds yeah, could be. Who's still playing in the West right now? It's not like the Lakers and. It's pretty bad. Yeah, it's uh, 7, 8, 9, 10 is Minnesota, Clippers, Lakers, Pelicans. Yeah, so if Minnesota gets through, they're going to get one of the Clippers, Lakers, or Pelicans. The Pelicans are 13 games under 500. What are we doing here? Yeah, so it'd be Minnesota, LA with the winner taking on Memphis. Yeah. As it stands right now. And then uh, the loser of that versus the winner of Lakers, Pelicans. Yeah. Which if Zion plays. Who cares? If, can, Who cares? Can you imagine if Zion plays for the playing game to beat the Lakers? Oh, against, I thought you were talking about the Suns. I was like, who cares? Who cares no, 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 what no, Zion no, no, no. does? No, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Zion comes back for the play-in against the Lakers. I don't think he's going to play this year, but that would be fun. That, that'd be so fun. Also, the Spurs are two and a half games back of the Lakers. One and a half games. One and a half games out of the play and two and a half games. Oh, sorry. I was, yeah, you're right. I was looking at Pelicans. Lakers uh, could not make the play. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. It is. Even what they it dealt is. with. They, 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 they are the most – and the Hawks are up there, but they are the most disappointing team in basketball. It's LeBron. How are you not a 500 team with LeBron? I don't know. And LeBron's played like, what, 49 games? Yeah. It's the first year a team has been – under 500 with in games he's played, I think, since like his rookie year. That's and that <laughs> that Cavs team was bad. <laughs> yeah, a lot of those Cavs teams were. Maybe it was like his second year, but it was like very early. Otherwise, ever since, like obviously, the Lakers wasted another year of his prime, but he stopped playing and they won enough with him. Yeah, he, they his wasted two year. years of prime LeBron. Yeah, terrible. They they did it to themselves too. Yeah. Can you imagine if they just did the Buddy Heald trade instead? DeMar. Oh, my God. Imagine if they had DeMar. DeMar almost went to the Clippers, too. That would have been pretty fun. Would have been weird when they got healthy, though. Did you uh, watch – have you been watching How Hungry Are You? No, I I need to tune in. It's very entertaining. I know. I've seen a clip for the – I saw he asked Balmer if he only could pick one, if he'd rather have PG or Kawhi, and Balmer had to drink a bunch of cricket tea. Yeah, it's a a segment where he just asks a bunch of questions. If he doesn't answer, he has to take a shot at uh, cricket, water, tea, or something. I I wonder if we can get you on there, if Serge would accommodate um, vegetarian options only. Yeah. Steve Balmer – Steve Ballmer had pig brain. <laughs> but would would like would cricket tea count? Is that vegetarian? I'm not. I'm not doing it. Is it a vegetarian thing, or you don't want to drink cricket tea? It's not a vegetarian thing. I didn't know. I didn't know if it counted. Or are you just trying to skate through? Oh, I can't. Sorry, oh, I can't do what any are you gross stuff. About? What? What do you mean? I don't know if crickets are meat. They're living organisms. I, I guess that's fair. Come on. Well, it's just not. It's not something I've. Well, how think about, about this? How about this? Often. We'll have you on. How hungry are you? I, I would be. I would love to do. How hungry are you? I've eaten crickets. Okay, but that's just that's just one thing. Like, yeah, uh, the pig brain. Was, I'm out. <laughs> I would. I'll do. I'll go on the show. But yeah, what was? La- it's just. It's so fun. It's. It's really well put together. I've seen. I want Giannis to be on there. So I've bad. seen balls fed to people. Yeah, I think he it was fed, was it Kyle Lowry? I think so. Or no, it was Kawhi. Yeah, it was Kawhi. It was Kawhi. <laughs> I can't believe Kawhi went on there. <laughs> Serge must just be like pestering people about it every day. 
Ballmer was electric. Oh yeah, Ballmer's great. I want to be friends with Steve Ballmer. For a couple of reasons. How do we make that happen? Get a couple billion dollars. I don't even, I don't think you have to do that. I don't know. You think Ballmer hangs out with people who have less than a million dollar a million dollars? Like how would he even meet someone like that? No, like I don't I think he just. Anyone. I don't think he just like goes to a bar. Hey, I'm Steve Ballmer. Give me a Miller Lite. <laughs> like, I don't think that happens. He might. He if you listen to the interview, he talks about how like frugal he is. Really. Well, yeah, that's, that doesn't mean he. It just means he like has things delivered to his house in bulk instead of shopping in in smaller quantities. Yeah. No, Serge was like, "Oh, all of your vacation homes." He's like, "Bro, I have one vacation." Home. Well, what am I? Only one vacation. I I I, 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 I do ten thousand dollar a night Airbnbs. I don't have multiple. Yeah, but for a guy that's worth like two hundred billion dollars. Yeah. Guy right, likes his 90, options. Ninety billion. <laughs> I mean, honestly, they're so they're both such ludicrous numbers. There's hardly. A oh, they're both infinite. Essentially. Yeah, yeah. It's impossible to spend it all. Yeah, it, literally impossible to spend it all. I think we should buy a team. I think you know that'd be really cool. Tillman Fertitta wants a second one. If Tillman Fertitta can afford two, we can afford one. (laughs) Uh, The math (laughs) has to check out there. We just need to. We just need to, you know, file the appropriate documents and stuff. Yeah. Take on some take on some debt, and then you can do anything. Yeah, exactly. And then just uh, allocate it. Yeah, allocate it to people who can't pay it off later. Yeah. And then it's like that's their debt now and then you're worth more. It's crazy that there is a mortgage broker and a prison owner as NBA owners. Yeah. That's crazy. The Cavs play a Quicken Loans Arena time. <laughs> <laughs> no, is it? No, it's Rocket Mortgage. Rocket Mortgage. Romo yeah. Fieldhouse. <laughs> it used to be Quicken Loans. It was Quicken Loans. But Rocket Mortgage yeah. is also. That's just like the I mean, new it's updated the same brand. Company. Yeah, it's the same company. No, it's just Rocket Mortgage is something that Quicken Loans does. Yeah. <laughs> it's just, what's his name? Dan Gilbert is just, I mean, he owns the company. Who's, yeah. Uh, it's Tom Gores. Right? Tom the Gores, yeah. Owner. Yeah. He's just a prison Big owner. jail guy. Huge jail guy. It's just ridiculous. It's crazy. How is this allowed? What does Tillman Fertitta do? Restaurants. Does he? Yeah, it's restaurants. Restaurants and like casinos. He owns. Oh, he has the casino. That's why. That's why he was floundering in 2020. But he just didn't like. He just you know did what the, did what billionaires He's do. The chairman of the board of regents of the University of Houston system. This. Who let that happen? Enough donations, man. What? He's a television personality. I Who guess wants now. To see this guy on TV. He wrote a book too. Of course he did. His book is hilarious. It's been meme before. Oh, what's it called? It's like a, it's like shut up. Uh, I don't know. Shut up and trade for Russell Westbrook. Shut up and listen. <laughs> shut up and listen. Hard business truths that'll help you succeed. How much do you want to bet he didn't write that book? He might have. It depends if it's good. If it's good, he didn't. But he might no, have see, actually wrote the see, book. No, here's here's the trade secret. Most people. Uh, like if their personalities writing books, have someone else write the book. Yeah, and then, like the the person who's uh, who actually writes the book just listens to the person talk about. Yeah, what yeah, yeah. That's that's write. the thing. Yeah, it's like take this down, and then it's a book. Yeah, shut up and this is such a wild. Cover. Shut up and listen. It's just a close up of his face. Like, why does it's why, very intense. Why? Yeah, why? 
Just why? It looks like Brett Favre. <laughs> Kings fan. Brett Favre. Uh, Favre. Yeah, he's like, what? Did you see that interview? Yeah, he was. He was gone. Yeah, he, he doesn't. He doesn't know what he's doing. He was gone. He didn't know where he was. No, if you want like a, a PSA about like oh the dangers of football, just show them that Brett Favre. There's there's been some other things that have gone into to Brett Favre's. Oh yeah, yeah. Body. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. And phone over the years. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap. I think that's the signal. I, I think <laughs> I think Brett Favre has had a lot of issues that no one should really want to emulate. No, nope. uh, whatsoever. Um, yeah, let's wrap. Yep. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this uh, very, very long episode. This is, this is win in six level. This is win in six level. Uh, yeah, if you're somehow made it to the end, uh, we appreciate you a lot. Uh, and make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Ty, we do have a review to read. Do you want to read we it? We do. It's short and sweet, thankfully, because the episode is, is uh, over the top. From NDLC20, five stars, of course. T- the title, This Show Rocks. The subject, Great Bucks Analysis on Apple. Thank you. We will take that uh, seven days a week. No, thank you. No, that that is very nice. Short and sweet to the point, and it yeah. does mean a lot. Thank yeah. you. Thank you for that. Uh, if you do want to have your review read, you know, leave one. That's how that works. Exactly. Uh, make sure you're subscribed on your podcast platform of choice. Make sure you're subscribed to the Substack, gspn.substack.com. Subscribe to the YouTube. Uh, follow all of us on Twitter. Uh, Pod Random. And we will talk to you next time. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.